Today's scripture reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, let's pray for Steve. Father, we thank you for this glorious day of Pentecost. And thank you uh, for Steve, who is able to bring us the word today. I just pray that you would empower him and Give him the strength to say what you want to say to each one of us today. Bless him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Am I on? You can hear me. Oh, I got homesick. (laughs) 
<laughs> we lived for 18 years in Pakistan. Padishah means king. Oh, ah. When my children went, went back to America with us for, to the, for the first time to live there, they were so homesick for Pakistan. And one day, one, uh, day in our home city, they took off two city blocks and blocked it off so that the Indians, not the Pakistanis, but the Indians could celebrate Pak- Indian Independence Day. Their, their two days are one day apart. Uh, and our children went there and after they spent a long time there and they were, they came home and they were so happy and they said, you know what? We didn't see one white face there. And we got to eat jalebis. We got to eat gulab chaman. We got to eat all this wonderful food. And they were so excited. Oh, it lasted a while. It took them about three years to say, oh, we can live in the United States. <laughs> That's where we met Robin and Marilyn in, uh, in Pakistan. It was a privilege. And uh, Robin is uh, such a blessing. He was such a blessing to us. I w- I happened to be his boss at that time. So we sort of cried on each other's shoulders about issues that came up. And uh, But now he's here. And before that, he was in Afghanistan being a pastor there. And uh, he has a wonderful way of elevating conversation. Robin Ellis, elevating conversation. To godly, good thinking about who God is and what he does. And then I just was joking about this man sitting in front of me. He, I, I said, this is Mr. Marchaeologist. And he said, no, 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 I'm not, a mar- I'm a, not an archaeologist. I'm a ancient historian. You're, you don't look that ancient. <laughs> and, it's, and, we, and then, oh man, the last few weeks, we've had just such wonderful food. Oh, crumbs. We got crumbs. We got not crumbs. We got wonderful food about David's life, didn't we? What a privilege to have such wonderful people to speak to us. I, 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 and look at this. Turn around. Look at each other in this congregation. Look at each other. Wow. It's, isn't it wonderful? You know what? This is the result of Pentecost. This is the result of Pentecost. To have such a group of people in a congregation. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, one of my dreams, hey, by the way, how long do I have to speak? (laughs) We have communion. Okay, so tell me a time because I can go on forever. Because they didn't tell me, you know, they, they didn't tell Half hour. Okay, I got a half hour. Good. Oh. <sighs> One of the things that I'm looking forward to is I get to see a picture of right here. And it's just a snapshot. And that is the time when all the people who have been rescued by his wonderful grace get to walk by. And they're not going to just walk by. I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to have the best jalebis and gulab chaman in the world up in heaven. Not in the world, in the presence of God. And I'll be able to see my dear brothers and sisters, Pakistanis, Afghans. Uh, and and, and, and it just, I just want to be really close then when those people get to walk by and Iranians and, and people from all over the world just enjoying 
that they are a people of God and multiple peoples of God. That's what this is about. That's where it's, well, it didn't start there, really. It didn't start there. That's where it was inaugurated, but it was always in the plan of God. I must confess, uh, I'm not a Pentecostal. I didn't get grow up in a Pentecostal home. My father's not a Pentecostal, but I love Pentecost. And I am getting surprised by how much God does through his amazing Holy Spirit. If you live in this part of the world, or if you live anywhere in the world, the Holy Spirit's going to surprise you. You even get surprised on a boat <laughs> or you in a tram. And that is the working of the Holy Spirit individually and corporately. He's everywhere. The, the father is someone that I had to get to know through uh, having a father that was not a good father. And I had to forgive my father and receive forgiveness from him uh, a little bit. He couldn't actually say, I forgive you. But that my relationship with my father was, was good. And it is good. I can call him daddy. He's wonderful. It's so good to be with the Father. Now, the Holy Spirit, well, let me get to Jesus. Jesus, oh, you read about him, and you see the amazing way he gets right into a person's life and meets that person's need exactly where the need is. Just think of how the two, two examples that I love are Nicodemus and the woman at the well. Nicodemus, he says, you got to be born again. You got, I don't, I don't know how he looked. I wish I could see him. I wish I could just see Jesus relating to Nicodemus. I mean, he must have had a heart of compassion, but a little bit strong. Your whole religious system is messed up and you need to be born again. I don't know how he expressed that. But that's the feeling I get. But the depth of the way Jesus talked to him. And then to the woman at the well. Oh, okay, the so-called sinner, the wicked woman. He says, God really wants people like you. God says, you're welcome. Come on in. That's the message that, you know, if I was in my youth, I'm learning a little bit now. But if I was in my youth, I would have said that message to, to Nicodemus, and I would have said the other message to the woman at the well. You, you have to be, uh, you're really messed up. No, Jesus doesn't even say that. Isn't he wonderful? He did expose what happened in her life, but he did it in such a loving, sensitive way that she knew that he was not shaming her. What an amazing Jesus we have. Now with the Holy Spirit, I'm getting... To know him and learning to listen to that still small voice and recognize his incredible moving in my life and in the life of the body of his people and the purposes that he has for the body of Christ, through the body of Christ. It's amazing what he's doing, what he did on this day. It, 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 every, I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's, it's just amazing what 
Holy Spirit did. He not only did something very incredibly personal, but he did something incredibly corporate, incredibly powerful to create the beginning, the birth of the church, like our brother said. The Holy Spirit inaugurated the church right here. And he did it in such an unusual way, an unusual way, but not outside his loving, gracious, wonderful person. He wanted to make sure that everybody in that place knew that God loved them, that Jesus gave his life for them and rose again. And now I'm going to do something that, well, we'll see. What did it mean? What does this mean? Please, those friends of mine, what does this mean? Please stand up and tell us what this means, all of you. In your languages. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I ask them to do this. I ask them to please tell the great wonders of God in their language. They knew what they were saying. But those Galileans, hey, where's George? Hey, George, can you stand up for a second? Can you just, you, you do this so wonderfully. You praise God so fully and deeply, but just praise him in your own language, in your English language. If you can, sorry to put you on the spot, but preach, pray, or die at a moment's notice. Amen. Now, I love when George speaks because he has a certain way of saying words that I can't imitate. And if I do, it's terrible. But his way of speaking was probably similar to the way the Galileans were talking. Not, I mean, it was everybody in the room who was Jewish knew these guys, when they talk, they have an accent. They talk different than, differently than other people from Jerusalem or other locations, or even those, those people who were, had lived abroad and were now back in Jerusalem living, and they spoke other languages. But they said, this guy, these guys are Galileans, aren't they? They speak, but they're, they're speaking. For you linguists, I wonder what accent these people were speaking in. What was their accent? 
uh, it, it was probably the best accent that these people could hear. The best language, the clearest language. What were they saying? What were they saying? The wonders of God. The wonders of God. Now this, uh, what is happening in this situation? Well, there's a lot of things happening all at once that maybe I'm guessing, but I think some of this stuff really reflects in this passage. The Holy Spirit is going back to the original plan of God that every single nation on the planet will be blessed by him. And this is a foretaste of it. Jews uh, in, that, in those years, in those generations, they were scattered all over the known world. They were scattered all over the known world. Some of them came back and lived in Jerusalem. Some were visiting just for the Feast of Pentecost. Visitors from Rome, it says. They were visiting, and this sound, uh, it must have been heard all over the city because the Jews said, what's going on? And they all came back together. And it wasn't just Jews. It was proselytes, people who came into the Jewish faith. Uh, that must have been a pretty hard toe for them, you know, because the, they had plenty of rules, plenty of regulations that you needed to obey, uh, and they were not all easy. But there was something about followers of God that these people saw and they said, this is the true God. These people worship the true God. We want to follow him. And they came and they were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost exactly. There's, there's two kinds of time that the Greeks talk about, kairos and chronos. And at this particular moment in history, Kairos and Kronos came so close together. The perfect moment for something to happen, that's Kairos. When God does something incredibly amazing right at the right moment, Kairos moment, like going on a boat and you meet uh, Father Elias or what is it? What? Elias, yeah. Or, or you just... Uh, God, that's a Kairos moment. There's a moment, and I think many of you have had those moments. I think last week was a moment when Jason got to baptize Hilmi. That was a perfect Kairos moment, that Jason is going away, and he gets to put Hilmi under the water. Wow, that's a Kairos moment. But a Kronos moment is it's perfectly timed, tick, 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 tick. And that tick, 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 Koronos moment is the time that Pentecost occurs. It's the feast of harvest. And who and what is the harvest? You know, I was talking about the Samaritan woman. Jesus says to his disciples when they come back and say, what are you doing? I mean, don't you want to eat? And he says to them, I have things to eat that you do not of. He and the Holy Spirit, he and Father were talking together, and they had a great meal together. And then he says, look unto the field, the harvest is ripe. Who's in the field? It's the Samaritans. It's the Samaritans. They're ready to harvest. And the harvest is people from every tribe and nation and tongue. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, by the way, Armin, where's Armin? Armin. 
Anyway, wasn't it amazing, an amazing sound system that, that the Holy Spirit put together? It's the Holy Spirit super sound system. <laughs> how in the world, how in the world could these guys speak in a language they don't know and people who gather hear it and they can hear it all over the place? <laughs> Woo! Wouldn't you like that kind of a sound system for your... Uh, Music and for the, you know, we always seem to have these little crazy things that happen. But the Holy Spirit super sound system, it worked all the time and it worked just right. And the person over there heard in his language, a Galilean speaking the wondrous works of God right there. Woo! That's Kronos Kairos moment at the same time. Woo! Don't you love? That's who God, the Father, God, the Spirit, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit is, are. <laughs> the Holy Spirit creates timing so wonderfully. And the problem that I have is listening to him. And the joy that I have is listening to him. Holy Spirit, you speak. And you don't just speak Back then, you speak now. You have personal messages that will give me the ability to speak things that I could never speak on my own. And maybe even in languages that I have no knowledge of. I know that's happened to me a couple of times. It's wonderful in a public context. Other times, privately. What a wonderful privilege to be able to say things that are so clear to the people you're talking to. That they get it. One time, I I I was I had been we wishing I could say so clearly the message of Jesus Christ to friends. They were all gathered together in a meeting over Easter, and a friend came from America, and I got to be the translator. And I don't understand what happened, but I could say exactly the meaning of the message that this person had like that. It was better than my language ability, much better than my language ability. Holy Spirit, you did that because you wanted those people to hear a very clear message, and I got to use my tongue to do it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that wonderful empowering. Now, uh, where did these people come from? They say from all over the world. Well, that was the known world to these dear people. Um, Media, Parthia, Mesopotamia, Elam, the East. And we had an Elamite saying something for the glory of God. He's sitting right back there and his wife's right next to him. Farsi. It was probably not modern-day Farsi. It was another language. <laughs> it, was, it has grown. Uh, but what about uh, also in the north? Let me get my glasses, and I'll read where they came from. My historian friend. Phrygia, Cappadocia, Pamphylia, uh, Pontus, Asia. Where's that? I think we're living in it. We're living here where this happened. They came and they were there. What about Arabia, Judea, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, that's south, and east, I mean west and west. 
And then Crete and Rome. There were people from Rome there. And some were visiting, some were living there. But I'm fairly certain that all of them got scattered. All of these audiences got scattered when Stephen was stoned, just after Stephen was stoned in the persecution. And that is another incredible work of God. God scattered these people into the places that Paul and others were going to go to and share the gospel. So not only were there, and, and the other thing that he did, the Holy Spirit did long before that was that he scattered these people and they began communities of followers of Jesus all across that known world. Jews were there, followers of Jesus, followers of God who need to, needed to know about Jesus. They were there. They were already there. They had the book. They had the history. They had the, 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 the context within which the God of the Bible uh, could, could be uh, lived out and expressed. They knew the history. And then what did God do? He sent them back and prepared them for when the message was more clearly spoken. Or maybe some of them were already believers in Jesus. There were 3,000 of these people who came to faith on that day. 3,000. 3,000. That's not a small group. And I'm kind of wondering, how did, when the Holy Spirit descended, was that the 120? Was that, I think it probably was the 120. And they, they came somehow from the room where they were in one place. They ended up in a public place, and they began proclaiming the message of God, the message of Jesus as the Savior. And... Uh, And God, in a unique way, prepared these people to hear that message. That message was just at the right moment, with the right listeners, with the right audience, and the right power of the Holy Spirit. He knew what he was doing. The guys who spoke, the Galileans, they didn't know what was going on. That was the first time they'd ever spoken that language before. The audience didn't know. They said, what does this mean? And the guys who didn't speak any of the languages that they heard, and I think it was those who spoke Aramaic, Aramaic is that the, 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 or Greek, I mean, not Greek, uh, Hebrew, they may not have heard uh, the message. And they said, these guys are drunk. These guys are drunk. Well, they weren't drunk. They were filled with the Spirit of God. And then, they said, they, uh, Peter said, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. It's sort of like in Turkish Airlines when they announce on the thing, uh, men and women, dear boys and girls, every, and they're talking to everyone on board. Everyone on board. The Holy Spirit talks to everyone on board. He doesn't leave anybody out, boys and girls. I'm so glad we pray for little children because out of the mouth of babes, there will be glory spoken. And uh, there, God will be glorified. The Holy Spirit falls on everyone who says yes and allows him to. And even some who don't want him to because he uses them. He goes away, maybe, and waits until they're ready to receive him fully. But we get the privilege, the wonderful privilege of being able to have Holy Spirit living inside of us. 
Holy Spirit guiding us, Holy Spirit speaking to us, but not just only to us, through us, through us. He, he ministers deeply into our personal lives, but he also ministers through us to gather others so they could be ministered to and through. The whole purpose of God is to let everyone come, everyone come, anyone come, and be ministered to by that wonderful person of the Holy Spirit who's always giving glory to the Father and to the Son. Wow. We belong to a family like that. We belong to a kingdom like that. We belong to a king like that who is selfless, who is giving, who gives exactly what's needed at the moment that it's needed. I'm amazed. And I'm amazed because sometimes I have cotton in my ears when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And some of the songs uh, that we sang, I have to be careful because I can lie about it, what I say. You know, I'm, I'm hungry for you. Am I always hungry for you? Oh, God, help me to be hungry for you all the time. May that hunger be deeper and deeper. I mean, when Jim was talking to, talking to us a few weeks ago, he's saying, I really want to go deeper into the Holy Spirit. I want to go deeper into knowing him. I want to fast more. I want to know him deeper. And it challenged me, but I had a lot of guests, so I couldn't fasten. <laughs> but but let's, let's go deeper because we want to be ministered to personally. We want to be ministered through personally to a wonderful body of believers. But we don't want to be in this body of believers alone. It's not us four and no more. Us three and not thee. Us two and not you. No, it's you're welcome. Come. I've been waiting for you. The Holy Spirit's been waiting for you. God the Father has been waiting for you. Come on home. You belong in a family forever with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's where we belong. And that's what this message, at least the part that I got of it, I think you probably will get even more as you read it. The Holy Spirit is here to draw the lost to himself. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. That's going back to God's original purpose when sadly his people said it's just for us. It's not just for us. It's not just for me. It's not just for our little group, even how wonderful it is. He's gathered us to scatter us. He's gathered us to scatter us. And my challenge to myself and to us as a body of believers is, let's, let's cultivate that spirit of waiting on the Lord. Our brother Vic and Diana are here. They wait on the Lord a lot. They want him to work. Let's take examples from dear brothers and sisters like that. We, we were, we've just had the privilege of being with George and a bunch of others for, the, for a period of time. And, it, and when we first came to Antalya, we were in this prayer group. It was so wonderful. Let's wait personally on him. Let's wait corporately on him. 
And uh, the SPUC has a prayer time of waiting on God once a week. Um, and then something that's hard for a person who has had uh, the Bible as the main guide, I think, <laughs> but or I say I have the Bible as my main guide. The Bible is our main guide. And just as, as uh, Jackson said, read the scriptures deeply and fully to be sure that you know the truth. But then say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with that? What do you want to do with what you teach me? Where do you want me to hear and respond and not only me, us, respond to what you're saying. Tell me, show me, show us, let us know what wondrous things you have. And if we end up saying stuff when we're supposed to be Galileans, and we're supposed to be talking in one language, and he says, I'm going to show you something totally different. Be ready for it. Jesus, help me to be ready for it. Help us to be ready for it. And one caveat is he'll never, ever, ever do anything outside the person and the character of God. Never. It's all within the good, loving, gracious, abundantly welcoming Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Never, never something that says, I don't know if this is right. It's always inside God's character. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us. Father and Son, thank you for being our friend. Lord, let us learn to learn the language that you speak, whatever language that is deeply rooted in who you are and what you do. We pray this in Jesus' name.